Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. We sitting here, I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. Did you remind the world yeah. what you said to me a few weeks ago that that Tim Tebow was better in the fourth quarter than Tom Brady? Did you remind that? Did you not say that? The world that you thought he was better than Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I take him in a one-game scenario. I would. Get your popcorn ready. And what is up, people out there listening to the show? Welcome back to the Fantasy First podcast here on the High Stakes Sports Debates Network. My name is Tom Jude. I am your host once again for tonight's festivities here. On a Tuesday night on October 20th, 2015. Can't believe October's already almost gone. My God, you wait so long. The NFL season has such a long waiting period. And we're already done with week six. But thank you guys once again for joining the show. This is going to be the first podcast of the week that I'm going to be getting to you guys. Some of the things we're going to talk about tonight is Calvin Johnson Megatron again. Calvin Johnson obviously having a strong showing this week against the Bears, posting up some ridiculous numbers. Also, is John Brown the future wide receiver one for the Arizona Cardinals? He led the NFL in receiving this week with, um, you know, I believe 196 yards. 196 yards for John Brown. So we'll get into him also, is Chris Ivory in RB1? We'll talk about that and more along with recapping some of your top fantasy performers of Week 6. So, let's jump right into the content here, guys. Calvin freaking Johnson. He comes out of nowhere. He has some bad weeks. We all know people were probably ripping their hair out of their heads, screaming to themselves, where in the hell is Calvin Johnson? And you know what? I I was one of those guys. I own him in a dynasty league. Uh, You know, I really needed him to start putting up some points. However, I wasn't getting impatient because, listen, we talked about it in the last podcast. Calvin Johnson went up against Arizona's defense, which is good. You know they were getting pressure on Matt all day. You knew that was not going to lead to any downfield opportunities for Calvin Johnson, especially when you consider the fact that this team's running attack is absolutely anemic. Amir Abdullah, while yes, a dynamic talent to college, not really translating to consistent production. Uh, this team has switched to Zach Zenner on occasion. You've also had Joyke Bell start the year. Um, and he's obviously going to get an opportunity when he comes back from his injury. But all of this combined with the terrible offensive line play, with Matthew Stafford's terrible decision-making, Calvin Johnson has still put up pretty decent numbers, if you think about it, in PPR formats against Denver, against Seattle, and against Arizona. He got double-digit points. And let's face it, he should have gotten the end zone in Seattle. So I think that Calvin Johnson is most definitely a guy that you might be able to rely on going forward. Um, I'm really interested to see what the schedule is for Calvin coming up. Uh, he, By the way, he was the second leading receiver this week with 166 yards. That's what happens when Megatron gets the downfield opportunities. When you put this guy in one-on-one coverage... You know what, he might not burn you down the field, but he's just so freaking huge. The dude is a giant out there. 
you know, he's just going to be able to body you, make you look like his jailhouse you-know-what, and catch the damn ball. So that's what Calvin Johnson does. I'm trying to get the schedule here um, for the next for the upcoming weeks. Uh, I'm really curious to see what kind of matchups Calvin has. I'll try to find that as we go on. But listen, after the week that he just had, it's you're gonna have a hard time, uh, you know, trying to find this guy, trying to get this guy in a trade. Um, you know, in PPR formats, that a lot, you know, forty point bonuses. Uh, you know, he, he, he got third, he got over 30 points. So, um, I just think that Calvin Johnson is still a freak. So looking at the schedule, I finally got it up here. You've got Minnesota this week at home. Then you've got Detroit going to play at Kansas city. Could be a trap game there, even though on paper, because that this team is giving up a lot of points to receivers, you still got to start Calvin in that matchup. Uh, but then you've got a bye. Then you've got Green Bay. Then you've got Oakland. You've got Philadelphia. You got Green Bay again. You start your playoff matchups against St. Louis, which that can be an interesting one. Then you got if you somehow get a bye, or maybe you get to the divisional round, you got a matchup at New Orleans, and then you finish it off against San Francisco at home. Unless you play Week 17 championships, then then it's Chicago. So, I mean, I really like the schedule going forward for Calvin Johnson. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he turned back into Megatron. So, uh, try to buy him if you can and redraft. I think that he might go for a lot of money, uh, or just a lot of stock right now. You might have having to give up, you know, two solid players for him. And, uh, you know, depending on how your team is built, you might want to see if that's the right decision for you. So, I don't know if you guys saw, but John Brown absolutely killed it out there this weekend. And, I don't know, you know, looking at some of the highlights that I saw, as well as digging into some of the film, you know, John Brown commanded some double coverage out there. Larry Fitzgerald, while yes, he's had a great stretch run, uh, and I believe that he will continue to be a PPR wide receiver one, I just, John Brown was getting a lot of balls that were contested, and now we know that that's not John Brown's game. He's not a size guy. He's going to beat you with his route running, his quickness in the open field, his ability to just burn past you. That's the type of game that John Brown plays. But so far, it's looked pretty good. Carson, It helps when Carson's just throwing dimes out there. Like I said, Carson Palmer... He's another guy, if you can get, maybe someone drafted him as a backup. Uh, you know, you got an Aaron Rodgers, and then, oh, okay, let me get quarterback insurance in round 11. Let me snag Carson Palmer. Uh, so that was obviously a good draft choice for whoever decided to do that. So will this continue to be to translate into, you know, consistent success for John Brown? Because let's face it, he's been a little slow this year. Obviously, um, you know, there's a lot of offensive weapons on this team when you talk about guys like Larry Fitz. Michael Floyd even got back into the, some of the action yesterday. Uh, obviously, you've got, I mean, Jerron Brown gets a couple targets. This this These running backs are heavily targeted in the pass game as well. You talk about, there was a great catch by Andre Ellington, dude. I thought it was a receiver, but it was Ellington who made the catch. Uh, just really good stuff. Um, 
you know, again, 196 yards on 10 catches, just absolutely destroyed Pittsburgh. Now, again, their secondary isn't, like, amazing, so, um, you know, I totally understand that, and that's a valid point. But when a defense has to use two guys to potentially try to take you out of the game, clearly you're doing something pretty nice. So, um, you've got Baltimore this week. That's a trap game, but at the same time, I can see John Brown doing well. Cleveland, I can see him doing well. Then you've got these divisional matchups. Seattle, you've got to play Cincinnati. You've got to play San Fran. You've got to play St. Louis. But, again, luckily, if you do your championship weeks 14, 15, 16, that's one less Seattle game that you have to worry about because... Uh, it's going to be Seattle at Arizona week 17. So I like that schedule. It's not terrible. I mean, is San Francisco threatening anybody anymore? Like, don't let that on paper matchup bully you because I know it does. It's happened to me before, you know, it's just that those brand names creep into your head and, and they bully you all week long. Should I do this? Should I do that? Oh, man, but Patrick Peterson, oh, you know, oh, but this linebacker with this running back, you know, I, I get that. I get overthinking yourself, but I think John Brown is a reliable flex option going forward this year, so... But looking around the league, man, guys perform. I benched Pierre Garçon. Not that he did much. I started Travis Benjamin, so it worked out in a league. But Pierre Garçon got into the end zone. Chris Ivory, we'll get to him a little bit later in the show. But obviously, just some of the things he did. Actually, let's just, we brought it up. We'll just get into it. Chris Ivory, is he an RB1? Now, he's not as, I don't think his week-to-week consistency will be like, you know, RB1 um, Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles, Le'Veon Bell. You're not going to get that type of consistency. The 12-point weeks will be there for Chris Ivory. Don't get that twisted. But the point here is that Chan Gailey knows how to use his running backs. We look back to 2012 when you talk about that C.J. Thriller year where the dude averaged over five yards a carry. I think he averaged six yards a carry. Don't quote me on that, but I do believe that. And then when you talk about how he had over 500 receiving yards, now I understand that Bilal Powell's the guy when he comes back, but we've seen Chris Ivory dynamic with his hands when he has to be. Three catches, 50 yards. I mean, those are some serious numbers you're talking about, uh, especially in PPR. That's seven, eight points right there. And uh, combined with the volume, he's getting the touches. So anytime you get the touches, you know, when we draft in August slash really early September, you know, you're betting on two things, and it's either talent or volume. Now, we know that Chris Ivory's always been talented. I'd say he was a, a mid to high B tier talent, uh, but he never could stay healthy. And somehow he's just like Brandon Marshall. There's Maybe there's just some lore about this guy, Todd Bowles. I mean, seriously, you know, you, you, you won't find a guy in the NFL that has something negative to say about Todd Bowles. The guy is just a gangster that chills on the corner with a gat in his waist, dude. Like, no joke. So when I talk about just this, this you know, everything that's going on with this team right now, I just... I'm buying into it. I'm buying into the New York Jets. Now again, you've beaten Washington. You lost to Philadelphia. You've some of the teams that you've beaten aren't exactly, you know, world beaters here. 
you've you know I'm 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 lo- I'm bringing up the I'm bringing up the Jets schedule here now and uh it's just I don't think I don't think there's a lot of insane competition. Okay, you yeah, you beat the Browns week 1. Then you went to the Colts on Monday night, okay. And then you've beat a Dolphins team and a Redskins team. So yeah, I'm not totally sold now fantasy-wise. Ivory, the Patriots, I think that's a good matchup. The Raiders, the Jaguars, the Bills, the Texans. I think there's decent paper matchups here. The Bills are obviously not playing to their potential. So, when I look at all these things, I like Chris Ivory and PPR as a low-end RB1 because the 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 boom RB1 is there, but there are going to be weeks where the floor is like RB3, uh, RB2-ish. More lean or close to RB2, but not like RB2. I can see 8 to 10 point weeks, and then you just kind of facepalm. But I think Chris Ivory uh, is a guy you want to go get. Maybe not this week, because after a 25 to 30 point outing, whatever, you know, people are going to demand the world. And clearly, you know, I'm not giving that up. But again, it's not the on paper sexy acquisitions when I look at that. So. Yeah, I think I'm buying into Chris Ivory. I think that he has the potential to finish as a top five NFL fantasy running back. So just looking around the league here, just some other primetime performers from this week. Studs. We'll talk about quarterback play. Phillip Rivers in San Diego just killing it. Obviously, it didn't translate to a win, but 43 of 65 for 503 yards and two scores with a 99.7 rating. The efficiency is off the charts there for Phillip Rivers to throw 65 passes and complete almost two-thirds of him that of them. That's just unheard of. Unfortunately, the opposition had Aaron Rodgers under center otherwise. But on the same token, you talk about that Green Bay defense. Quietly plays really good, albeit, I don't know if it's you. Do the Packers just play home every week? Is their schedule just always at home? I want to see this defense on the road a little bit more, show some consistency on the road. However, anytime you got Rodgers under center, you've got a shot to win games. Now, I am starting to get a little bit worried about the depleted talent around Aaron Rodgers. Right now, things are looking bleak. Obviously, we know about Nelson. Randall Cobb apparently said that this is going to be an injury I'm going to face all year. He hasn't really blown up. Take away those touchdowns on those short little two-yard plays, and you've probably got maybe just a low-end WR2 type of week. So, you know, hey, but Phillip Rivers, kudos to you, man. I mean, you talk about some serious passing, 43 of 65. My goodness. The resurgence of Matthew Stafford has arrived, people. Uh, apparently he just decided to say, I'm going to throw for four touchdowns today. And that's exactly what he did. He also completed 27 of 42 for 405 yards. Obviously everybody and their mother benched Matthew Stafford this week. And, uh, now you're going to start him next week. You're probably going to get 18 points, but Hey, that's the roller coaster of Matthew Stafford. So good, good, good week by him. Same for his counterpart, at least yardage-wise. Jay Cutler pulling in a solid stream. I mean, he probably got you around 17 points. So, I mean, if you were in a desperate situation, you can't really argue with that. 
So, I like that. Colin Kaepernick doing his thing. He took he threw for two touchdown passes and 340 yards. Trying to be more of a quarterback. We're seeing it a little more. I still think he's a scrub, but at least I'm seeing strides in the right direction. Blake Bortles just once again showing that he is a top five fantasy quarterback right now with 331 rushing or excuse me passing yards. Three touchdowns. The interceptions are always going to be there. Expect one to two a game at least. But because of the touchdown potential, Allen Robinson, the Allens brothers with Hearns and Robinson just playing insanely good football, I got to look at Blake Bortles as a legitimate option at quarterback going forward. So, oh, and in case anybody cared, Andrew Luck decided to get resurrected from the dead. Uh... Looking at some of these rushing guys, Lamar Miller finally decided to get his head out of his you-know-what. Uh, I also think that is an impact of this coaching change. 19 attempts, 113 yards, 5.9 yards per carry. Again, this guy is efficient. He knows how to run the football. When I say Jamal Charles, I'm not talent-wise. I'm just saying in terms of efficiency, even with little carries, this guy gets a lot of yards on good carries. So... Keep Lamar Miller rolled out there. I think he's going to be a more of a focal point in the game plan. Again, you do get worried about the ankles and the injuries with Lamar because he's not exactly the stockiest or, I guess, just just stout running back. He's really lanky. Um, and we see these lanky guys get hurt. You talk about guys like Lance Dunbar, Bilal Powell, just these lankier running backs that, you know, frankly, don't really – Stay healthy. Um, Ronnie Hillman taking advantage of a good matchup. 20 attempts, 111 yards. Uh, pretty good. Again, Cleveland's one of the worst rush defenses in the league. Uh, so I would expect that. Although at this point, Ronnie Hillman's probably the guy. C.J. Anderson hasn't done much. I don't think his play style is very versed for this offensive line. They're just still not getting good blocks. Yesterday, obviously, they did a little better, but again, you're facing Cleveland. Try going up against Green Bay at home or, you know, other run defenses that are pretty good. Try Carolina. Can you punch that out, Hillman? With that line, I'm not so sure. But, again, I give credit where credit is due. Ronnie Hillman with 20 carries, 11 for a 1-1-1, 5.6 yards per carry. You go, Mr. Hillman. C.J. Anderson's now a handcuff. James Starks, real quick, guys. I gotta pose the question. Is Eddie Lacy a bust? I mean, okay, everyone's obviously gonna argue, oh, look at his stats from last year. He was one of the worst backs in the league, and then all of a sudden he finishes a top five, top ten running back. True, very true, okay, I understand that, but again, this guy just, I, I like him as a talent, I don't think he's as dynamic as Le'Veon Bell, I think that Eddie Lacy is definitely a guy who benefits from having Aaron Rodgers under center, and it, it helps when you've got a healthy Cobb and a Jordy Nelson that just was just on fire last year, it's just, there's, that's really all that needs to be said, obviously that's going to open lanes up for you, opens the field up a lot more, um, Lacey has that sort of, okay, we might stack the box against you and try to stop you. Doesn't really look like he can defeat that. Just a little too slow. But, again, he's also got an ankle injury. I like Lacey's talent. Don't don't misunderstand what I'm saying. 
I just I definitely think his fantasy value gets inflated because of the situation that he's in. And I'll tell you what, after next year, it's going to be interesting to see whether the Packers offer him a contract or just draft another running back because we know what the Eddie Lacy's going to demand, like, oh, well, look at my production, look at my production, and he might demand top dollar. Now, we know that the Packers sign their own, but am I convinced that Lacy's going to stay? And then who signs him? I mean, yeah, he could land in another good situation, but is there any good situation outside of, you know, being with Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy? I mean, the only thing I could see is maybe Indianapolis. Or maybe the Patriots. But I don't think that they would go out and sign a guy like Lacey. That's neither here nor there, though. The point is James Starks right now is killing it. 10 carries for a buck 12. Obviously, one big play, you know, inflated that. But James Starks is here to stay, folks. Just get that in your head. DeMarco Murray rushing 22 times for 109 yards. I thought John Gruden made a great point on Monday Night Football talking about how DeMarco Murray, while yes, his running style is better for Chip Kelly's system, this offense of him running in the shotgun and having to wait to see whether Sam Bradford is going to pull it and throw or give it to Murray, just Murray excelled in a system where he was able to line up as a single back and just use full steam, see that cut, see that hole, hit it with power, and get four to seven yards. For those who thought DeMarco left meat on the bone, I completely disagree with you. I do not think he left meat on the bone. But he showed that in, with good usage. And, and, and John Beeson played for the Giants. So it's a good game by this offensive line for Philly and DeMarco Murray. Le'Veon Bell bringing in a clunker. Listen, that's to be expected. It happens. It was a good Arizona defense. Again, this offense didn't open up until it became the Landry Jones Martavis Bryant show, guys. Quick side note because I have to talk about this. I mean, what that who what alien, what god just touched Martavis Bryant and blessed him with talent like did he touch the basketball or the or in this case the football version of Space Jam's like, oh, we're going to steal your talent ball and now we're going to be awesome. Did he touch one of those? Because, like, why was this guy a fourth-round pick? I mean, NFL GM, I mean, how do you not see that this dude, this dude took an eight-yard slant to the house? And it wasn't like, okay, I made one guy miss and there were no other defenders stopping me from running. I just could use my speed to say goodbye. This guy had to make other people miss, so... Boy, Martavis Bryant is a monster. Um, but not to get sidetracked from Bell here, we know that Arizona's front is their, is definitely their strength too. LaShawn McCoy doing what he can do on a slightly torn hamstring still, 17 for 95.3, got into the end zone. Keep trotting LaShawn out there. At this point, you kind of have to. Um, you know, the bills are paying him. So, you know, let him, whatever he's going to give for your fantasy team, take it. Um, LeGarrette Blunt doing what LeGarrette Blunt does against the Colts. Sit him next week because he's probably not going to do anything. He comes back once, maybe twice a year. If you're playing in the playoffs, you start LeGarrette Blunt. If the Patriots play the Colts outside of that, he's an RB three 
maybe a high-end RB3 just because Tom Brady's your quarterback and you will get goal line opportunities, but I still like Deion Lewis. Keep trotting him out there. New England doesn't just hand contracts to people. We all know that. Uh, So I really like Deion Lewis personally, his ability to catch the ball, and we saw what he did last week, dinking and ducking and juking to get into the end zone. There's a little bit of talent here with Deion Lewis, dude, so... That's definitely something that I want to hold on. Again, it was the Devontae Freeman show, Thursday Night Football. Uh, 13 carries for 100 yards, average 7.7. Listen, I guess, you know, you guys heard my rant. I'm done. I'm done done talking about Devontae. He is going to basically be an RB1 the rest of the year because Julio Jones gets triple covered sometimes during the game. I mean, that's how much of an impact this guy has on defenses. Not to mention this offensive line run blocking wise is playing pretty good. It was the Saints defense, okay? But again, at this point, we know that the car or we know that the Falcons are gonna have cake matchups. You're playing the NFC East, you're playing your own division, you're playing the AFC South. These are all games where guys are going to get production. So hey, listen, it's the Devontae Freeman show. You either you either got him and are thrilled and are happy as hell, or you're just some sour, unhappy, sad faced little dude like me. So that didn't get him. So, that's just the truth. I'm a hater, guys. I'll admit it. But, you know, those are your running backs, your receivers, some quarterbacks that, you know, did some stuff. Miami defense, quick side note, shout out to them. Maybe this coach can do something. This team, this season isn't over in a wide open AFC. Uh, You know, there's still a lot of weeks to go in this NFL season. I'm not counting out Miami yet. But in terms of their defense, it was a bit fluky with the touchdown. I don't know what the matchup offhand is, but, you know, check that out. Make sure that that's something that you feel comfortable with. Um, By the way, Greg Olson, I mean, just like, what's going on with the Seahawks and their defense? I mean, Greg Olson just gashed them yesterday, dude. Just flat out gashed them. Um, So... I'll tell you, man, that team looks good. Panthers could be for real. So, it'll be very, very interesting. But, uh, yeah, this was the uh, first part of the podcast. Like I said, I'm going to be hitting you guys with two different episodes, shorter little bursts coming at you. So, this will be out Tuesday night going into Wednesday. You'll also have something Thursday night going into Friday. Uh, you'll also have videos on YouTube. Also, I'm going to get a Destiny Destination Dynasty video out pretty soon. So check that out if you're interested in Dynasty Fantasy Football. Also, go and check out DynastyNerds.com if you are. they got a lot of great content. I write for them personally. Uh, so, you know, go and get your Dynasty fix there. And, uh, you know, you can always find me on Twitter at SportsDebateTom. If you've got any questions, anything you want to add, or comment in the comment sections below very on the various social media pages. I, your voices matter. I want to hear what you guys think. Uh, obviously, the next episode will be, you know, we'll get your streamers ready, help you with your bye weeks, uh, defenses, tight ends. We'll talk some matchups. Uh, maybe we'll talk some potential trade stuff. 
Uh, we'll get you the whole shebang, get you ready for your weekend, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Fantasy First Podcast here on the High Stakes Sports Debates Network. My name is Tom Jude. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you.